as you go there to Matthew chapter 22, uh, the last oh, uh, five that we talked about, we talked about marriage, what God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Talked about the servant is the greatest and, uh, and how that applies to marriage as well as to, to life in general. Talked about uh, uh, the house of prayer. And of course, that's not just here. You know, that We, as the temple of God, we should be a house of prayer. Uh, true faith. And we talked about true faith is miracle working faith. Uh, number 35, we said this morning, go into the highways and bid them to come. Uh, we are to go out to where they are. We are to go to them. And in uh, that, in so many ways, you know, includes uh, going to the Philippines. You've got to go to them if we're going to reach them. And so uh, that leads us to this command. And I know this next command will seem like that surely it has nothing to do with the previous. But as I said, you know, so many of these are, are building upon each other. And so I believe it really does. I believe it, it has application. But in, in chapter 22, verse 19, it says, Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. So the command to us is here, the teachings here, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless uh, a little shorter, shorter in time tonight, but Lord, I pray that you give me clarity of mind. Father, that you direct my mind, that you would help me to say what I need to say uh, properly, and Lord, that, that would f offend no one. Uh, Lord, that it would be something that would be a help and be, bring clarity and understanding in this, this confusing world that we live in. And Lord, as I've said before, Father, there's so many voices out there that are clamoring for our attention. And Lord, I pray that we would hear your voice and that it would supersede all other voices, that it would drown out all other voices. And, and Lord, that you would do that with a still small voice, that it would still be stronger than every other voice. So Father, I pray that tonight that you'd do that, you'd guide my mind. And Father, I yield myself to thee. And I ask you, please, to fill me with your presence and anoint me with your fresh oil and guide my mind and my thoughts. And, Lord, protect us tonight. Turn back the evil, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. In this life we live, uh, we must seek to please the Lord. Therefore, we must seek to fulfill and obey his commandments. Now, this last commandment is one, I believe, that depicts the heart of God. It's not dealing with the personal righteousness, the, uh, uh, but rather the helping of those, the last commandment we just dealt with, the helping of those who are lost and of those who cannot help themselves. That last commandment we just dealt with, I think, is, really reaches down to the heart of God. And the reason it was so important, the reason we dealt with it this morning, is that it, it was, that's what it's doing. It's, it's God saying it's so vitally important that you go to the people. Don't leave them out there without the truth he, we got to go we got to get the truth out there and that's why we we want to this is a missions-minded church but I'll be honest with you I would love to one day have a hundred missionaries that we support I would love to be because we got to to go and and, and you all know it, we can't all physically go to the field and stay on the field but bless God we can help somebody else get there 
And so we want to do that. And I believe it's, it's right at the heart of God. It's, it's, and it's not dealing with personal righteousness, but rather the helping of those who are lost and, and to those who, who cannot help themselves. And I thought, you know, I should have had Brother Flam uh, presenting this morning because it went so, so right along, going to orphans. You know, that's exactly who God said to go to. He said to go to the poor and the, and the lame and the maimed and, and the blind, those that, that have nothing and they have no way to care for themselves, no provide for themselves. Now, if we render unto God the things that are God's, we will use uh, what God has provided, the blessings that God has provided, and the resources that God has provided to help others in this city, in this country, and around the world. Now, if we really are going to render unto God the things that are God. So everything God has given us, we ought to be willing. And I have to be careful saying this. I believe that we're responsible for our bills. We're responsible for our debts. We're responsible for take, But we're also responsible to God. If he says and presses upon us to give, to meet a need, we ought to do it. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me. Uh, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. God making it real clear. Get out there and get the word out there. Now, power f- from God to witness for God. That's what he wants us to have. And, and he wants us to witness for him everywhere and to go into the highways, which is in, in essence the meaning is everywhere the people are. When we obey these commands, we are in many ways rendering unto God the things that are God's. But as this command teaches, we also have to live in this world. Now, it said, render unto God the things that are God's, under Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. You see, in that command, it also reveals to us, lets us know that God knows we are, we are not of this world, but we're in this world. And we have to live in this world. As temporary citizens of this world, we are to abide by its laws and follow its leadership so long as it does not demand us to violate Scripture. And that's so very, very important. And, and we struggle so much. And, and again, it seems like more so now than we ever have because the, the world mentality is, I don't have to do anything I don't like. And I don't have to do anything that I, and I don't have to support anything if I don't agree. But let me tell you, that's not what God says. This country is greatly divided over, uh, and we're talking about now, this is the command. This not, and it's, I struggle with this because the truth is, this is where the direction God took me in. And I believe he's been leading to it for a couple of weeks. But the fact is, is that this command led to this, and, I, and I've got some things I've got to say. This country is greatly divided over our president. Now, I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan of the morality of our president. I'm not a fan, uh, just as, uh, forgive me, but I, just as I was not a fan of, of the, many of our previous presidents, okay? I'm really not a fan of politicians, okay? I'm really not, because uh, they, and here's the problem, folks. You say, well, no, I believe he's a good man. Why do you believe that? Why do you believe any, and I'm saying any man out there, you don't know them unless you do know a man. The truth is, all you know is what he tells you over we don't know. And the problem is, is that we don't get truth or facts anymore. If we ever did in the media, all we get is what they want us to believe. It's called propaganda. 
And, and let me tell you, it goes both ways. I believe there's very little moral about any of them. I believe there's very little honest about any of them. By and large, those that get to that level, listen to me, those that get to that level have compromised truth and righteousness, and what they really live by is the end justifies the means. But listen to me now, and get this now, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar, and unto God the things that are God. I refuse to fight against the president, for to do so is to fight against God. And listen to me, I would have said that three years ago. I would have said that 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Psalm, get this and please get this if you want to mark it down. Psalm 75, 6 and 7 says, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge Listen, he putteth down one and setteth up another. Do you understand that nobody gets into any position, any position of authority in this entire planet except God allowed it, God did it. You say, well, I can't believe that because God wouldn't put somebody that wicked in position. You go back and check scripture and find out what he did. A lot of people come into power as judgment against a nation. Proverbs 21.1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, as the rivers of water he turneth it whithersoever he will. Do you understand? God, this is going to sound terrible. But, but you know, it, it, to God, it's not really a big issue who he puts in there. Watch this now. Because whoever he has in there, he controls. We don't believe that, do we? I just happen to believe the Bible. I'm not telling you that I like it all the time. I'm just saying I agree with it. Do you understand? It's, it's kind of tough to swallow sometimes. You see, no man becomes president by the vote or by manipulation. Man may think he is in control, but in reality, he could not be where he is or have the power he has, except God has allowed it, even endorsed it. Some of the presidents in the last 30 years especially have been brought to power as I believe is a judgment against our nation. I really do believe it. I'll give you this illustration. In, in 1990, I sat in a class of, of men. It was, it was all men in the class. It was an evening college class. And, and, uh, and, and man, it was uh, it just this Persian Gulf thing was exploding. And, and, and everybody was about it. You know, it was the end time. And, and it, was, it was the right place. It was the right people. It was the right everything. It was the end of the world. And, you know, we better pray. We better pray. We better pray. And, and they even called the nation to prayer. Oh, my goodness. They would uh, shoot at anybody that wanted to do that today. But they called the entire nation to prayer. And, and you know, uh, through that, uh, through that patriotism, and through that prayer and through that all that rallying as a nation, the, the president, like few other times in history, the president at that time was the first Bush and he had at that moment in history, while I said in that class, he had a 90% approval rating. 
90% approval rating. That's, that's crazy. You couldn't get that today because we hate each other too much. You know what that means? It means that, that it doesn't matter what somebody believes. You, 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 it doesn't matter how good somebody is. If they're not going to let me do what I want, I hate them. And that's where we are today. But there was 90% approval rating. And I sat in that class, and, and here's what I told the men. I said, listen to me, if, if for what I'm hearing, because here it was, we're calling to prayer, and everything's, we're praying about it, and man, we didn't know how it was going to go, and we're going to war, and everything's. Now, in a matter of days, we are, if you, those of you who remember and old enough, the Patriot missiles started knocking the Scud missiles out of the sky. It's like no matter what they fired, we just blew it out of the sky. And immediately we went from seeking God and praying to God and begging God for another chance to praising our technology. Praising our military and our technology. And, and look, I was all for I'm a patriot. But listen, I don't believe that one of those had knocked anything out of the sky if God hadn't allowed it. And we flipped like that. And I told the fellas, I said, when we flipped, God's going to take his hand off this nation. And he's going to wake us up through judgment. That was 1990. Of course, election's in 90. And at the latter part of 90, in November, you're going to have the election. A man went from a 90% approval rating to get to losing the election to a man that at that time very few had really ever heard of. And most of us wish we had never had. Because truthfully, believe it or not, but I mean, they are some uniquely wicked people. And he lost. Why? God was bringing judgment. The immorality of that man threw the door open for immorality in our nation. It became so acceptable and approvable because if the president can do it, anybody can, and it's okay. Right now, and here's where we've come to, right now, I just two days ago heard that the Senate in California is about to vote on a law that's made it to the Senate. The Senate votes it and it gets to the, uh, to the desk of the, of the governor. It's to the California is getting ready to sign into law that it's a hate crime for preachers and pastors to preach against homosexuality or homosexual marriage. I keep telling you, if certain people are in power, we will be in jail. And everybody thinks, no, it'll never happen. It's already happening now. And you say, listen, I'll, and I'll say again, only by the grace of God will that not pass. And only by the grace of God will the man who's in there not sign it when, when they voted in. Now, you say, well, man, see how wicked this government is. That this whole thing that's taking place right now in California is great is a judgment against Americans for failing to preach the truth. It's a judgment against churches for failing to speak out and say homosexuality is a sin against God. But forgive me, but the real catalyst of this didn't happen in this administration, it happened in the last. 
And the judges who are approving these things, they weren't appointed in, the, in this administration. They were appointed in the last and the one previous to that. What am I saying? The heart of man is, as Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So if you're looking for a man that's a good man out there, I, I, I hope there is one. But even if there was, you wouldn't know it for sure. I want us to remember what Proverbs 21 said, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, as the rivers of water eternity is whithersoever he will. And I, I hope you're not turning me off right now. This is not a political message. I'm, I'm laying a foundation to get to a point what I believe God's really saying. Leadership can only do what God allows. Prayer gets the attention of God, and God can turn the heart of man. So whoever's in power... We're supposed to be a praying people, not a subversive people, but a praying people. Truthfully, when it comes time to vote, I just be honest with you, my opinion, uh, when it came time to vote this, this last time, and my opinion was that one might turn out to be a great danger to Christianity, but the other had already proven their hatred for Christianity and for morality. That's what I was faced with. One may be incredibly detrimental, the other I already know will. Ultimately, here's what I had to do. I had to pray. God, you got to do something. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. you got to control whoever's in there. you got to take control of their heart. So God placed a man in his position. God will, re- here's what it, what's so important. God places the man in his position. You see, God removes them and he places them. So God places the man in his position. God will remove him in his time. Anybody believe that? Promotion didn't come from the east or the west or the south. Promotion cometh from the Lord because God is the judge. And he taketh, putteth down one, and lifteth up another. God places the previous one, God placed the previous president in the position. Neither was or is what I'd call good and moral men. They are simply instruments in the hand of an almighty God. I want you to go to Romans chapter 13. We studied this on Wednesday night, but we're going to look back at it real quickly. I don't have a lot of time, so we have to move pretty quickly, but... Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Look at Romans chapter 13, verse 1. And folks, we, it's time that we quit listening to all the voices out there that tell us how to act and how to react and what to believe. They're lying to us. It's propaganda. That's why you need to eliminate a lot of that garbage. Just wipe it out of your system. Don't even listen to it. All it is is this person, whatever they want to believe, that's what they're going to tell you. And this person, whatever they want to believe, that's what they're going to tell you. You know what you need to do? Go to God. 
Get to God and get to God's word. And here's what he says. That every soul be subject unto the higher powers. Powers is plural. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Listen, it's plural twice, singular once. Because all power is ultimately God Almighty. And everybody else that has power below him is of God. But listen what it says. It is ordained of God. All power. Everybody that sits in a position of power is ordained by God. Do you think your God is that powerful? And look what verse 2 says. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance or the ordaining of God. You understand what it's saying? When you resist those in authority, you're not resisting them. You're resisting God Almighty because he ordained them to be there. Now, I'm not going to go into the rest of it. It goes into all of this. But, but this is not a, an optional passage. This is an all-inclusive passage. Every soul, it says, every soul must be in subjection to the higher powers. Everybody that lives, every soul must be in subjection to the higher powers. And that simply means that, that there are levels of power, and we don't have time to go into it, but there's levels of power, and you go up, and this power may make a decision on that lower level, and this power may make a decision on that lower level, and this power may make the decision. Finally, we get all the way up, but we have in our supreme court of the land, uh, you know, that's our highest power. But let me tell you, they are not the highest power. God is the highest power. So we are subject in subjection to those powers until they tell us, listen, until they tell me to violate what, the higher power. That's what God said. Now, if they tell me I can't go soul winning anymore, I'm still going soul winning. If they tell me I can't preach against homosexuality, I'm still going to preach against it. Because it's not my opinion, it's what God's word said. And they hate the word of God. But outside of those things where God supersedes them, where God says, I've got to do it. I've got to submit. I don't fight against them. I don't try to overthrow them. Romans even deals with this in direct command. It says, render for, to their, therefore to all their dues and their tribute and their custom. That's all their taxes. Uh, you know, Romans talks about it. Uh, this very command, render under Caesar the things that are Caesar and under God the things that are God's. When it, it's in this direct thought process, he's talking about all the taxes. And Romans deals with it, taxes and customs and all the things that you're going to have to pay. He says, you know, look, you go ahead and give them. Go ahead and pay them. If we are to live in this world, we are to obey God and submit to the authorities that God has ordained as long as that authority does not require us to personally violate the word of God. But I want you to remember again, in verse 7 it says, But God is a judge, he put it down one and setteth up another. And if we really look at what it says, he put it down one and set it up another. It's not my job. I mean, it is my job to obey God and let God do his job. 
It's not my job to, to, to put it down one. No, it's not my job. God puts them down. God will do that. I made a, a, great, error, a great error when I, when I tried to step into God's job and take down a man. That's a great error. Uh, it's never, it's always a great error to, to, to fight against God. And this is what we do not understand. And of course, this godless world that we're in, uh, they, they don't care what God says or how he says it. So all it comes down to is, is that you don't like or you don't approve of my life. You don't approve of the way I want to live. You don't approve of my sensuality and my sexuality. You don't approve of it. So I'm against you and I'm going to do everything to destroy you. That's anti-God. I'm to obey the higher power. I'm to pray for those that, that he has put in authority. You want to you make a difference in those that are in authority? Pray. Because prayer gets the ear of God. God can change the heart of the man or the woman. Second Tim, I mean, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, I exhort... Therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Hey, y'all, does all mean all? In days of old, there were no elections in virtually all situations. They, really, they didn't have elections like we have now. Uh, you didn't, you know, they, didn't, they didn't go out there to the slaves and say, you can vote. Uh, you know, back in Roman times, they didn't do that. Now we have that opportunity. And when we do, we are almost always, forgive me, but the best we can do, we're, we're sort of almost always in our present condition in America, we're, we're, we're voting for the lesser of two evils. Now I'm saying, you don't have to vote. You can just, just pray and leave it in God's hands. Go ahead. I believe God's still in control whether you vote or not. We at best, we vote for what a man says that he is, but we don't know. Honestly, here's one of my, my little ways of kind of evaluating how I'm going to vote. If a wicked media in an ungodly Hollywood are trying to destroy a man, then I'm probably for him. And if they're supporting a man, I'm probably against him. I mean, every, they're, they're the antithesis of everything we believe. They hate everything that we are. So do you really think they want somebody that's going to support us or going to help us or at least going to leave us alone? No, they hate us. The latest attack, and, and here's kind of proof, and I'll be done with this. The latest attack is not against the president. I think they're, they're kind of getting the feeling that maybe they got him on the ropes. And so you know where the attack's going now. That's why I always said this is not about Trump. First I used the name. It's not about Trump. Because now they're attacking viciously Pence. Pence. He doesn't hardly say anything. He's like a vice president that he, he is. What they're supposed to be, I guess, they, they're just kind of invisible. They're viciously attacking him now. And you know what they're attacking? His Christianity. 
I've written the whole book now that he's that he's a he's a liar, that he's he's mean, he's hateful, he's It all may be true, but they really are attacking him from the viewpoint of his Christianity. Now, wait a minute. I thought it was the other guy that everybody hated because he was a wacko. Why are we attacking Pence? Because listen, folks, the attack is... it. it Remove both of them and put two more in there, and they would attack them if they were headed the same direction. If you might put somebody in there that will stop abortion in the Supreme Court, we hate you. If you might put somebody in there that might even affect homosexual marriage, we hate you. And everything that you stand for, we hate I'm not saying that either one of them are great men, but, but right now, they're in the position that God ordained. I didn't fight any of the previous presidents. I don't get up and, and attack them. I don't get up and try to destroy them. I don't lead people to riot against them. I don't do that because that's anti-God and anti-Scripture. So why is it right now for Christians to do that? It's not. It's just not. See, Christianity supersedes culture. Christianity supersedes our beliefs. Super, Christianity supersedes what we want, what we desire, who we like and who we don't like. The commands of God are above all of that. The attack comes, simply comes from those who do not believe in God or his word. And why do we as Christians join them to violate the very command of God to submit to our authorities? We just can't get caught up in that, folks. And can I tell you the best way not to get caught up in it? Quit listening to the garbage. You say, Brother Hooker, you bring up stuff. I, you, you ask my wife. Even when, when I, I research and I look stuff, I scan and I read minimal portions of it just to get the gist of it. Because if you digest this garbage, it will eat you alive. I, I'll get it and I'll, I'll pull up a little bit. My wife and sometimes... I'll have it up, and I'll be, I'll be reading some little portion. And, but see, Joe Beth is a focused person, and so she'll want to come see what I'm reading. But once she starts into it, she's going to get it all. <laughs> and I'll say, no, I'll shut it off. I'll go. And she said, why do you always do that? Because I can't have her gorging herself on this garbage that will destroy us both. And it's both ways, folks. It is just... It, I'm telling you, our world doesn't know what truth is anymore. They don't care about truth. 
And forgive me, and I don't care if it's CNN or Fox. They don't care about truth. They care about ratings. So they'll say anything to get people stirred up. Why do we want to be stirred up? We don't want to live that way. Why do his Christians join them to violate? Remember, he said this. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. And that means, folks, listen, that simply means everything in this old world while we live in it has authorities and I'm to submit to those authorities until they make me, tell me, I've got to violate Scripture. You understand? The fact that they violate Scripture, watch this. It's not my job to take them out. It's God's job. It's God's job. It's the same way right here for this pulpit. I've seen it. I've seen people rise up and do everything they can. to. I've, I, I, I was a, a, a good close pastor of mine, friend of mine in the early days. Uh, they, he came home one day at the parsonage and, and men were there throwing his stuff out in the yard. The only reason he didn't get run out at that moment is that all the teenagers of the church went and stood in between the pastor and their own families. Okay, folks, that's not the way it is. If you decide after tonight that you don't like me and don't like this, you have the right, like we do real soon, to vote. To vote. But watch this. Forgive me, but your vote won't send me out. It'll be if God decides to let me go. And if God moves me out, then he's going to move me. Now, he may use your votes to do that. But I'll know when I walk out the door. It couldn't happen except God ordained it. You understand what I'm saying? Please don't walk out of here and say, you're for this one or you're against that one. Not, folks, I can't make it any more clear. I don't like any of them. I wouldn't trust, I, I, honestly, I don't know one that I'd trust far, as far as I could throw them, and I could throw them a little ways. <laughs> and just this final point, nothing of eternal value is Caesar's. So what are we fighting about? Why are we so stressed out? Nothing of eternal value is Caesar's. So you know what I do? Caesar, you want this world? Take it. You want power and you want money? Go ahead. Hey, where's Caesar now? What's he got now? And all this rich and powerful, we all know, one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Mock him all you want to. Throw us in jail if that's what it comes to. Well, we got to keep believing. 
is the Word of God. And folks, I'm going to just throw this little addendum in there. That's, that's one reason why you don't change this book. Because one day you're going to have to stand in court. And when you stand in court, let me just tell you how it's going to go. One day we're going to be standing in court, and, and good men are going to say, uh, I believe I have convictions based on the Word of God. And they're going to look and say, which one? Well, yours says that, but can I give you another 20 translations that say something different? You see, the difference is I can look up and say, no, sir, I'm sorry. The one I believe has not changed. Since the inception of this country, before you ever even knew what a Supreme Court was, this book has been here, and it says what it always said. That's, how, that's, that's the only strength I'm going to have when I stand in that courtroom. That I have a conviction based on something that has not changed for over 400 years. I'm sorry, but all these changes can't do that. Because once you make that change, you can make any change. It's a, it's a bad road to get on. God bless you. Folks, I, not, I have no idea what an invitation would be tonight, except uh, here's the invitation. If you still love me, come to the altar. Uh, <laughs> no, the truth is we've got to render unto Caesar what is Caesar, and that's basically this world system. We've got to submit to it. You say, but the world system's evil and wicked and the prince and power of the air is still under the authority of God. But I'm to render unto God. What is God? And that's a whole lot of what we've been studying about. Right now we're on his command number 36. So whatever he tells me, I'm to submit to. Whatever he teaches me, his word. I took longer than I really wanted to tonight. I apologize. But Father, I pray that you bless him.